the glory of the new covenant and the glory of the new covenant ministry. These are the topics discussed in this edition of Shi'ar Jeshub. Coming from Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and today we will be continuing a sermon in my husband's series on heavenly authority. Pastor Greg is currently in the book of 2 Corinthians, and when we left off last time, he had read from chapter 3 and verse 8. For a library of Bible study programs and articles by Pastor Greg, please visit our website at www.shiarjashub.org. Now, let's rejoin Pastor Greg Scalzo at the Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle Sunday service. Back to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. How will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? If this ministry that brought death, written and engraved on stones, was glorious, so glorious that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away, which glory was fading away, how will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious, which does not fade away, which is forever? A ministry that does not bring death, but brings life. Verse 9, for if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. It's a greater glory. One, the ministry of death, the old covenant, condemns men. Necessary, because God needs to tell us there's a problem. But this new contract, this new one, this new ministry, brings righteousness. Now the solution. Now we can be made righteous. So how much more glorious is that which brings life than that which condemned. Verse 10, For even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect, because of the glory that excels. Glory that excels. That's the new contract. It's glory that excels. Anything in the past. Anything in the past fades away in the excelling ministry of the Holy Spirit to you and I promised in Jesus Christ. The miracle of reformation. The miracle of change, of transformation, of being made righteous. The NIV has verse 10 like this. For what was glorious has no glory now in comparison when you compare it to the surpassing glory. This glory of the new contract in the Spirit surpasses anything else. This is the mighty work of God, and it wasn't purchased cheaply. It was purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. This is the new covenant, and it excels. The Old Testament glory is passing away, fading away. There is an excellency of the gospel that is above the law. So then when churches try to go back under the law and adopt ritualistic systems and things that distract from the purity of the gospel in Jesus Christ, they're going to a lesser glory. We have the fulfillment of what all those people were looking for. 
It eclipses, the new contract eclipses the glory of the Old Testament legal dispensation. The old is dimming by the brightness and the glory of the new. Christ, the Son of Righteousness, has risen. Verse 11, For if what is passing away was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. It remains, it's permanent. It will not pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away, but this new contract that you have with God through Jesus Christ, this new contract will not pass away. Christianity is permanent. That's why when people try to run ahead and take a little of Christianity and mix new ideas in with it, it's not a new idea, it's a very old idolatry. That which is permanent, that which is complete, we have received in Jesus Christ. Don't let any man fool you or try to convince you to go off on tangents after this or that as though they were modifying or upgrading your Christianity. You have the pure word of God. You have that which is permanent, that which is excellent right here in these scriptures. Verse 12, therefore, since we have such hope, this permanent glory, this exceeding glory, we use great boldness of speech. Remember, his ministry is to speak. We studied that last week, to speak the gospel. And now he says, since we have this hope, we use great boldness of speech. Remember, he is to speak in the sight of God. And now with such great surpassing glory revealed to them, with such great mercy provided through the cross of Jesus, with great salvation leading to everlasting life, eternal righteousness, a ministry anointed by God's own Holy Spirit to bring alive that which was dead. He has such confidence in God's ability to minister through them. How can he not but speak with great boldness? And he is very bold to proclaim the word of God. And you think how they went out. The confidence, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, that in a pagan world, and we can only imagine the world at that time when we see some of the things going on around us that's going towards paganism. How these few people could go out and change the world and stand up before assemblies in Athens and Corinth and Rome and speak the word of God. They did it with boldness. They had confidence. They had the surety of this exceedingly great surpassing glory that now brought in the solution to the whole world's problems in Jesus Christ. And they spoke it with boldness. They boldly entered the throne of grace in their prayers. They boldly spoke the word of God. Verse 13, unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. We use great boldness of speech, unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. They couldn't look at the glory of God. Moses could speak face to face, but not the others. They could not approach. They were separate from the glory because of sin. They had only fear of condemnation. They couldn't even look at this glory, this radiance that was fading away, that was passing away. But we have a different contract. 
and so it's proclaimed boldly. Verse 14, but their minds were blinded, for until this day the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament because the veil is taken away in Christ. The minds are blinded, the minds are dull, they hear, but they don't understand. They hear the words, they hear the letter, but they have no comprehension. There's a veil still to this day, Paul is saying, upon his kinsmen. And isn't that true of so much of the world around us? They may have Bibles in their home. They may have memorized verses in Sunday school. They may have some exposure to Christianity. There may be some of the teachings of Jesus they may recite for their own advantage but they don't get it. They don't understand who Jesus Christ is. They don't understand what they must do to repent and be saved. They're dull. There's a veil upon their eyes. And isn't that also true for a, a good portion of what is called the church? People will go in week after week. They'll do their religious duty, their religious observance, and never really understand what it means to be born again. They have a glimpse, but it's as through a veil. They don't actually see this beautiful, exceeding, excelling, surpassing glory of what we have available to us in the Spirit in Jesus Christ. They're just words being spoken. It's like a droning. They hear it, they recite it, and they go back home, and it doesn't really do anything. It doesn't take root and make a change. Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, verse 14. And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand. And seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull, blinded, dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. That is the condition of much of mankind hearing the things of God, seeing the things of God, but not getting it, not seeing it, not hearing it. Sometimes you may speak to those who are unbelievers about Jesus Christ, and you feel like you're just talking to a wall. It's not getting any place. They're hearing you, but they don't hear it. They don't get it. And it's very frustrating. Consider the difference in the situation of the believer. Jesus says, but blessed are your eyes, verse 16, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For assuredly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Consider how blessed it is that the Holy Spirit has opened our eyes and opened our ears and softened our hearts to receive his word. Consider how many people under the old contract, good, holy men, righteous men, prophets, they got glimpses of Jesus, but they didn't have the full story. How blessed we are to have the full knowledge of the exceeding, surpassing glory of the new contract in Jesus Christ. What a privilege. 
And Paul goes on to say in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 14, verse 13, unlike Moses put a veil over his face that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. Even though it was fading away, they couldn't handle it. They couldn't behold it. But their minds were blinded, for until this day the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament, because the veil is taken away, how? In Christ. It's only in Jesus, when we truly accept Jesus Christ, that our eyes are open, that we wake up, that we see. The rest of life before that is like a dream. And then all of a sudden it all makes sense. It's all clear. Only in Christ is the veil taken away. That's what we read at the communion table this morning in John 8, 31. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Through Jesus Christ, the veil is taken away. And then Paul repeats this in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. In verse 15 he says, But even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. So the veil covers the mind, it covers the intellect, they can't understand it. The veil covers the heart, makes the heart hard, they can't receive it. You have been listening to the teaching ministry of Greg Scalzo, pastor of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. Remember that you can find a library of these radio programs at www.shiarjeshub.org.